Well, let's open with a word of prayer and we'll dig into the word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. You are a great and an awesome God. We ask, Lord, now as we go to your word that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. Give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to us. I thank you for everyone who's here this morning. None by chance, all by divine appointment. I know many here are going through difficult times. And the world tell, your word tells us that in this world we will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And so we serve a God who overcomes it all. And we thank you, Lord, that you're faithful, that you love us. You loved us so much you'd rather die than live without us. You've redeemed us into your family. And Lord, minister to our hearts from your word. Give us ears to hear what your spirit would say. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So, 1 John, as we know, John the Apostle is writing this letter toward the end of his life. It's possible that when this was written, all the other apostles have already been martyred. And he's writing to the church because false teachers were creeping in from the inside and there was persecution from the outside. So if you were a Christian in those days, you could be fed to lions, you could be imprisoned for simply being a Christian. There's all, all kinds of places in the world where that's still true. Who knows if it might not be true here someday. But there was also the problem that we're going to address this morning, that not only was there attacks and persecution from the outside, there was false teaching from the inside. And a lot of what happens in the world today, and the reason that so many, there's so many people that have a bad view of Christianity, nobody has really a bad view of Christ because he's perfect, amen? But sadly, the many who call his name are not. And they'll look and they'll see hypocrisy and they'll see our focus being on things that it doesn't need to be. And many who call themselves Christians aren't even Christians at all. And so we're going to look at that this morning. And I, if you got your outline, grab it. I tell the message, defense against being deceived. And the reason this is important is I see that a lot of Christians or people who call themselves Christians can be deceived. And again, it's typically because they're not well grounded in the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by... And so if you want to grow in your faith, you need to spend time in God's word. The greatest defense against the lie is to know the truth. Amen. But a lot of people are biblically illiterate and they, you know, they go to a church where it's seven steps to financial freedom and three ways to overcome your anger and the roller coaster ride of life or whatever. Instead of teaching books in the Bible or teaching books about the Bible and they, and guys, they're afraid to proclaim the whole counsel of God because they're afraid that they will be proclaimed to be some kind of a, a bigot or a hypocrite or whatever it may be. And there's a fear of teaching the word of God. And I'll tell you what, as I get towards the end of my life, I have a greater passion to teach the whole counsel of God, to do it in love, but to never apologize for it because the word of God is what will transform people's lives. Amen. And so we see this deception was taking place. The Gnostics, as we know, were teaching that as long as you give your life to the Lord, you can live like the devil if you want, because your flesh and your spirit are two separate things. So your spirit can be saved and your flesh can be a mess. Well, we know that's not true because when you read the whole counsel of God, it talks about by your fruit, they shall know you. They, it, it talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit is a transformed life. So if you have your outline, discerning truth from errors, we see there. First, you test the spirit. Check everything against the word of God. Anything you hear anybody say about anything, check it against the word of God, including the message I'm teaching you right now. Amen. 
That's why we want you to have a Bible in your hand. That's why I won't put up the scripture on the screen. I could do that. It'd be real easy. It'd be less expensive than giving you Bibles. We want you to open it, read it, and obey it. Amen? And we want to make sure you have it on your lap and make sure what's being taught up here is in agreement with what you're holding in your hands. Amen? I've also learned if you don't open your Bible on Sunday at church, you're probably not going to open it the rest of the week. Amen? So not everyone who says, thus saith the Lord, just because someone has a title after their name or they're wearing a robe or if they're wearing a robe or a collar, I'm already leery of them. Amen. But anybody who, you know, just because somebody proclaims to be something doesn't mean anything they have to say, including me. Be careful. Like I said, you need to know what the word of God says. And you need to know it in your heart. You need to read it, open it, obey it. So not only test the spirit, check every message against the word of God, but listen to what they say about Jesus. Here's what the cults do. You've heard me say it many times. They make Jesus less and man more. They're always making, well, he's not real. He was created. He's not the creator. And there's other ways to the Lord, to God. And they start making Jesus less. And then, you know, like the Mormon church and others, well, you'll be God of your own planet one day. And the God of our planet used to be a, God, a man on another planet, and it was so God, good, he got to be God on our planet. The Jehovah's Witnesses make Jesus less. Everybody else makes Jesus less. If you have anything other than understanding, I wrote it right in here. He's Almighty God, the creator of all things, the Alpha and the Omega, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one and only true and living God, the truth and the only way to heaven. Guys, if he's anything less than that, it's not the Jesus of the Bible. Amen? So we need to listen to what they say about Jesus, and then we'll understand whether they're a deceiver or if they're proclaiming the truth. Number three, by looking at how they relate to the world. We're doing in the world, but not of it. We're to minister to the world, but have no fellowship with it. We're to be separated from the world, but not isolated from it. So we're called to live a life in the midst of a perverse and a lost generation that points people to the truth of the gospel. We don't isolate ourselves so much that we have no impact on the world. You've heard me say it. We want the boat to be in the water, but we don't want any water getting in the boat. Amen? But it's dwelt by the Holy Spirit, something a lost world finds offensive. You know, the Bible tells us that we're either a friend of God or an enemy of God, and there's nothing in between. And so when you stand up for the things of God, now, first of all, don't be a jerk and don't be self-righteous. Amen? Be loving, be kind, be gracious, but be unashamed and speak the truth in love and do it with boldness. People need Jesus. The world will speak you know, they speak like the world. The world hears them. If you're a friend of God, you will be an enemy of the world. And finally, by how we respond to God's word. It's not the 10 suggestions. <laughs> right? It's not 66 books of people's opinions. It is the living, breathing word of God. And it is the final court of authority always. Amen? My family and I, kind of in remembrance of my son, we just went to the Bahamas recently, a place that my son loved. And one of the things I love in talking to locals, for a law to pass in their nation, there's a pastoral committee that has to approve it. How amazing would that be? Can I get an amen to that? That every law, if they had to bring it to a group of people that love Jesus and go, no, that's contrary to the word, we're not doing that. And you know what? We need to 
We can't do that in, in our country right now, but we can pray for that to change. But you can start that in your home, amen? You can start that in your own life. Let's be people of the word. Let's be unashamed of the Bible. People mock God's word because they don't read it. We've read it. We know the author. And you know what? And the author loves you. It's the only book that not only do you read it, but it reads you and it will transform your life. Amen? If your faith is not strong, spend more time in God's word. Amen? So let's begin there. Looking at defense against being deceived, discerning the truth from error and lies. And we're first going to look at test the spirits. First John chapter four, verse one, he says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. I love that he starts off with beloved because this is a very exhortive message. And Paul's letting them know, he says it's in this letter here, 19 times he uses the word beloved. And again, John has shared so many hard things with them, but you'll notice the consistency of the heart from which they are delivered. It's from, the word there uh, is agapetos, agapetos. It means a heart of love. It's that agape is a selfless love that loves someone outside of itself more than itself. Husbands, agape your wives as Christ agape the church and gave himself for her. So it's a love that gives and he loves these people. And see guys, when we tell people the truth, sometimes they're gonna think that we're being self righteous and we we dislike them but the reality it should come from such a heart of love that they know that we love them and we want to we don't want to see them spend eternity separated from almighty god and that jesus is the answer they've been looking for amen so real selfless other-centered and unconditional love is revealed not only in words of comfort and support and encouragement those are wonderful we need to do that but also in words of exhortation and even sometimes stern warnings. Guys, it's not enough to go to church. Going to church is wonderful. We don't go to church, we are the church. Amen? And we don't go witnessing, we are witnesses. Wherever we go, we're God's representative at Walmart, can I get amen, or Target, or wherever you go, in your neighborhood, at your workplace. We're called to be salt and light to a lost and a dying world, and we need to love people enough to encourage them, but also to call them out when necessary. Real love and concern and real is real selfless. Real loving concern, real selfless love, not only comforts, but confronts. Not only bears another's burden, but boldly warns them of potential harm. You've heard me say it a hundred times, one more won't hurt you. See, God wrote this down not to keep you from having fun, but to keep you from harm. Amen? He's, he gives us his instruction so we can live in this world and we will have tribulation, but to keep our eyes and our hearts and our passions focused on him. Again, the word of God is not a fence to keep you out of someplace fun. It's a guardrail to keep us from driving off a cliff and destroying our lives. And so when we read the word, it's not just so we can check off that we read a chapter. It's so that it can transform our lives and mold us more into the image of our Savior. Every single New Testament writer warns against false teachers and false prophets. And real love is far more concerned with the other person's well-being than even our own comfort or popularity. Why don't we share our faith more? What's the answer? Because we're uncomfortable. Is that not true? Is it uncomfortable to talk to people about Jesus sometimes? Maybe most of the time? They don't want to hear it? And again, if the building was on fire and you knew the way out and this was a dear friend of yours, would you tell him? And would you be a little aggressive in telling him, dude, building's on fire, you're gonna die, let's go. Amen? Well, guess what? It's far worse than the building on fire. 
Righteous judgment is coming, and we need to love people enough to tell them the truth. Amen? Do it in love. Be kind. Be gracious. But why do they warn against false prophets? Because the false prophets are tools that the enemy uses to draw people away from the truth. See, Satan is not going to show up on your front porch with a pitchfork in his hand and horns growing out of his head, breathing fire, saying, come follow me to hell. He's not going to do that because not very many people would go. Amen? But he might show up on a bicycle with a little tag with his name saying, elder so-and-so, because the reality is that is the doctrine of the devil. Amen? It's always going to, and it's always going to have some truth. It's always going to have, they'll even adopt the names. Well, like the Mormon church, Jesus to them is not the same Jesus. They said, we have Jesus Christ in our name. Not the Jesus Christ of the Bible, you don't. Because the Jesus Christ of the Mormon church is the brother of Satan. Did you know that? Jesus Christ of the Bible is a created being. Jesus Christ of the Bible, again, from their perspective, is just their brother, and we can attain to being God of our own planet. So we need to be careful, because just because somebody looks good, just because somebody may have some title, by the way, titles after their name, that usually throws me off too. If you call yourself reverend, get over yourself, because we don't revere you, we revere God and nobody else. Amen? And so we need to be careful because sometimes the Bible says they will pillage an angel of light. And they will come in and go, oh, I've got a new truth for you, bro. Come over here and check this out. You know, those Calvary Chapel people, they're kind of, let me show you the truth, bro. Come over here. And it's, it, it is, that's what happens in the world. And it's one of the tools that Satan uses. John is no different. He loves the people dearly. Enough to dearly, again, deliver hard words in order to protect them from the enemy's trap. So then he says, again, after beloved, he said, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are from God. See, John is warning these early Christians, and you and I, that we need to heed his warning this morning. Don't believe every spirit. Don't just automatically believe every testimony, every word of wisdom, every knowledge. Or, you know, every, I've had people come up to me, I have a word for you. And, so, and usually, if, the, if it's really from the Lord, they come with fear and trembling. And it's usually more along the line of, you know, Pastor Dave, I've kind of had this dream four nights in a row, and I've been stirred up, and I, I need to tell you something, but it might sound crazy to you, so I'm not really even sure if it's of the Lord, but I'm going to share it with you anyway, and let God show you if that's just because I had a chili dog, or if, <laughs> if that's really from him. And I will never forget this. I was at Calvary Chapel, Antelope Valley. I knew I was called to go plant a church, but I'd been there so long. I'd gotten so comfortable there. I didn't want to leave. And this guy in our church had been going for years, and uh, he came up, to, and I was praying with people after service. I was an assistant. The pastor was gone that Sunday. I was teaching. And this guy comes up to me afterward, and he's like, hey, Dave. And he waited until everybody left, and he kind of came with that. He goes, let me just share you the, and if it's nothing. And I was just praying about, Lord, am I supposed to go? And he goes, well, I had this dream that, that there was all this dead, everything was dead. And it was really dark, and everybody was standing around, and there was this pulpit up at the front, and everybody was waiting for somebody to go up there, but nobody would go. And then I pushed you, and you went up there, and you started teaching, and all of a sudden, all these dead plants started to bloom, and all of a sudden, there was all this fruit, and, and uh, I saw you pastoring a church that you planted, and God did this amazing work. And I don't know if that means anything to you or not, but <laughs> that was one time I'm like, amen to that. Because I was in a place of struggling whether or not it was time to leave where I was comfort, comfortable and go step out and do something else. But I've had other people come tell me stuff, and I'm like, you made that up. <laughs> that ain't from the Lord. 
I don't bear witness with that. You know what we use? We use the word of God to confirm it. And you know what? We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, and the Holy Spirit will confirm it in us. Amen? Amen. People, I had a guy tell me, I'm supposed to be co-pastor with you, and I'm supposed to teach every other Sunday, and I'm supposed to, when God tells me, I'll call you, bro. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> so there's an exhortation. There's words of wisdom that can come to us. Those things are true. But we need to check all of it against the word of God, and it should be confirmed in the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Amen? Again, just because someone looks like a Christian and speaks like a Christian, maybe even has a position of authority within the church, doesn't mean his words are from God. Just because a man has a big following, is charismatic, speaks with passion, conviction, and authority, doesn't mean he speaks for God. He says, but test the spirits. Again, words must not be taken at face value. They must be tested against the plumb line of truth, and the plumb line of truth is the word of God. So this is why we need to know what the word of God says so we won't fall for a lie. Now look, I lo- I, because I'm on the radio all over and because of the f- I get calls all the time and people will call and say, I've got a dumb question. There are no dumb questions and you all have my cell number. And if you don't, it's on the bulletins. It's on the website. You can call me anytime and I will answer the phone. But here's the point. When they call, well, I ran into this guy and here's what he told me. And, and so often it's something so ridiculous and it's okay. I'm glad they call. And I go, bro, Oh, you have your Bible, open it up. Let me read that verse. What does that say? So what does that mean? Well, that's nonsense. There you go. And so we need to know what the word of God says. If we know the truth, we won't fall for the lie. Amen? Notice it says spirits in plural. There's more more than one type of spirit that dwells and speaks through and to man. The word spirit there in Greek is pneuma. It means wind or breath or mind or spirit. Whenever it's not talking about literal wind, it's talking about one of the three kinds of spirits. There's three kinds of spirits, in a sense. We have the Holy Spirit, amen? We have the spirit that's within every man, and then we have the demonic spirits, right? The devil on down. When Satan was cast out of heaven, a third of the demons went with him. And there is a spiritual battle that takes place all around us all the time, every day. Amen? I love in scripture when Elisha is, you know, he's, he's got his buddy with him and they're like, dude, we're surrounded. And he says, Lord, just open his eyes. And he looks up and there's angels surrounding on char- you know, chariots of all around him and like, wow. See guys, If God is for us, who can be against us? And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? And we have an awesome, all-knowing, almighty, all-powerful God. And when you get overwhelmed and you feel like the enemy's got you, devil can't make you do anything. Flip Wilson was wrong. Amen? We can't make you do anything. And he wants to tempt you. He wants to draw you away. We need to check everything against the word of God. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. But we also need to... Look at God's word. So how can we tell the difference? We must always read the word in context. Let me give you three verses and ask me which spirit you think it's talking about real quick. Matthew 4.1, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness and tempted by the devil. Who led him up into the wilderness? Who was it? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit Spirit led Jesus. By the way, he wouldn't have followed if it was the enemy. Amen. Because he's Jesus. Now, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What spirit is that? Spirit of man is the spirit without. Blessed are the poor in spirit. But then thirdly, it says this. That was in Matthew 5, 3. Matthew 8, 16. And when evening came, they brought him to many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were ill. What kind of spirits were cast out? Demonic. Demonic. 
So see, when you look at spirits in the Bible, you always want to look at context. And that's always true of anything. When people struggle with something in the Bible, I'll say, read 10 more verses. Or go back and read the 10 verses in front of it. Again, if you take a text out of context, all you got left is a con. Amen? And so we need to understand the spirits, right? We understand there's a spiritual thing going on all around us. In Luke, they went stoning Stephen, and he called upon the Lord, and the Lord, and the Lord Jesus received my spirit. Again, he was talking about his soul, and you know, it's the only time you see a standing ovation in the Bible. Amen? Because the Bible says that Jesus is what? Seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen? And when Stephen, the first martyr in the New Testament outside of Jesus, was stoned to death, he looked up, he saw the heavens open, and Jesus was standing. He was giving Stephen a standing ovation for standing for the things of God. God's going to get better than that. Can I get an amen? But he had to, it took his life. Many claims he had unclean spirits coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice. See, demonic is real. And again, as Christians... At the same time, we don't need to be delivered. We've been delivered. Amen? I'll never forget this. I had a woman in my church in Santa Cruz come up to me. and said, Pastor, I need prayer for deliverance for the demon of chocolate. <laughs> the demon of chocolate? I think that's just plain stinking you. Can I get an amen to that? But we've been delivered. I need to be delivered. We were delivered when we gave our life to Jesus Christ. We're born again. Spirit of living God has come to live inside of us. Now, as believers, we can live a lukewarm walk. We cannot make God the priority. We can give God an hour every other week when we feel like coming and our football team's not playing at 10 o'clock. <laughs> oh, the guy's got that one, amen? But the Holy the, again, evil spirits, we have the Holy Spirit. So while the word is the same, the context shows us what kind of spirits it's speaking of. The Holy Spirit is not only speaking then or today, and again, not even when it comes to the things of God, we know that it's the Holy Spirit that we need to listen to. The spirit of man and the spirit of the devil are both in rebellion against God. They undermine the truth of God's word. How did all this, how did we get sin in the world? What happened? Adam and Eve in the garden, walking in the cool of the day, in intimate fellowship with Almighty God. And what happened? Satan came, and what did he challenge? God's word. You know what he said? Well, just, he said, can you eat of it? Well, you eat of everything. Just not that one tree over there. Did God really say? And see, that's what will happen when you're struggling. You're living in a relationship that's contrary to the word of God. Your life is outside of the will of God. And, and the word, someone will come along and say, oh, that's just one man's interpretation. Did God really say? And then he said, then he told her a lie. He's a father of lies. If you eat of that tree, you'll be just like God. And he doesn't want you to be like him. So don't listen to him. And so we live in a time right now where people will call me and they'll tell me this right on the phone or, they'll, or in a counseling session. Well, I know this is contrary to the word of God, but just stop. <laughs> Anything else you got to say from here on? No. Amen. But the word of God, but, but, but he's so handsome. He's got a nice car. He's got a good job. He buys me stuff. He's, he's successful. Does he know Jesus? No. Run away. Amen. But see, what happens is that we want to we take the word of God and change it to fit our circumstances. No, we need to change our life to fit the word of God, not the other way around. Amen? So Satan, he wants to, he'll challenge you. How are you questioning the word? My head's going to explode. I finally blocked that one guy. He's always making these, these 
videos about deconstructing his faith and why he's not a believer anymore and why God never said homosexuality was wrong and God never said this was wrong and God never said that was wrong. What Bible are you reading? Amen? They got an audience. Doesn't mean it's true. Often today, people are wowed by the method instead of the content of the message. I love this church, man. They got a smoke machine, man, and the worship does this, and the guy comes out there, and it's so charismatic, and, and we just leave there, you know, like this. And I, you know what? I, I tell you what, we ought to leave church excited, but also convicted. Amen? I don't want to go to church where I go, and I don't leave going, oh, something about me needs to change. Amen? I've been exhorted, I've been encouraged, I've been strengthened in the faith, but I've also been convicted. Just because something is supernatural doesn't mean that it's from God. It's got a supernatural feel to it. You know how the Mormons confirm they're saved? A burning in the bosom. Read this girl, so just read this and see if I have a burning in the bosom. I go, I don't need to read that because I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me, but I get a burning in the bosom when I eat chili. Can I get an amen to that? So don't base things on how you feel Base it on the truth of God's word. Amen? Jesus said, Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name? And in your name cast out devils? And in your name done wonderful works? And then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. See, the sad thing is, there's a lot of people that will do more for a lie than Christians will do for the truth. And they'll go door to door and they'll try to share their faith because they're trying to earn heaven. And as believers sometimes, there are a lot of Christians that live their entire life and never lead one person to Christ. And maybe that's you. Now, first of all, I want to make it clear. We don't save anybody. Only God can do that. But do you know that God uses tools that are available? Amen? If you, if you, give your, if you say, Lord, use me. Here I am. Use me. Let me share my faith today. Let me encourage somebody today. Let me share the gospel with somebody. He'll answer that prayer all the time. Just because they may wow you with their method, it doesn't mean they speak for God. And focus should be on the message, not the method. Our foundation as Christians is not built on our feelings or methods, but the truth of God's word and the gospel message it proclaims. I get texts every week and emails every week for pastors and they're like, Pastor, we can double the size of your church in a week. Just follow this method and give us $10,000. And we'll help you, you know, double the size. We could double the size of our church in a week if we just handed out whiskey on the driveway. <laughs> you could double the size of your church by doing a lot of stuff, amen? You could double the size of your church if you, you know, if you play video clips. And there's ways to double. But guys, it's not about growing in numbers. It's about making disciples, and healthy churches too grow. People get saved here. We baptize people. God's doing a great work and praise God for it. Amen? And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't be deceived by the method. These guys who say they can heal everybody. Why is it always at their conference or waving coats over people, people fall down? If you could heal people, get down to the hospital and clean that place out. Can I get an amen to that? You know what it is? Can God heal people? What's the answer? But when he heals people, he is glorified, not any man. Amen? And we need to keep our eyes on the Lord, placing feelings above the foundation of truth found in God's word. But it says, but but test the spirits, whether they are of God. The word test there 
It's dokaimazo, and it's to test, prove, examine, scrutinize, to see whether a thing is genuine or not, to recognize it's genuine after examination, to approve, and to deem worthy, to test against the standard that never changes and the word of God. Use the word, again, the word used to describe uh, somebody who tests metals is the same word here as to whether or not it's pure. And sometimes people say, well, I go to that church, they got some funky things they teach, but a lot of what they teach is really good, so I keep going there. That's like saying, you know, the, the, the Thanksgiving dinner was great, there was just arsenic in a couple of things, but other than that, <laughs> right? We want the whole truth and nothing but the truth, amen? Test all things, hold fast to what is good, it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. While it would be nice if Satan and their flesh would leave all the pulpits, and witnessing opportunities and every top opportunity to speak for God to the Holy Spirit, but we know that isn't the case. And it was true of the Gnostics then. They were teaching, hey, bro, man, you gave your life to Jesus. You can sleep with prostitutes. You can party all the time. You can do whatever you want because your spirit's saved and your flesh is evil anyway. You know, they also taught that Jesus came only in spirit because the flesh is evil. Jehovah's Witnesses teach the same thing. They teach that Jesus didn't come in human form. What Bible are you reading? Amen? But see, guys, we can fall for that if we don't study the truth of God's word. It says again there, test the spirits, whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Again, not everyone who says, thus saith the Lord, is really speaking for him. Not everyone who wears a white collar or a robe, as I mentioned, or was called pastor or priest or reverend or bishop or pope, certainly not that one, are even Christians. Amen? You come from a Catholic background, the Pope is nowhere in the Bible. He's not the ascending person from Peter. The Catholic Church teaches that there are many ways to salvation. I do believe there are people saved within the Catholic Church, but the Catholic Church itself preaches a false gospel. Amen? Amen. We love them. We want to see them saved. Amen? But don't put your faith in a religion. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Truly speak, we, you know, only those, again, it is often not the Lord at all, but the flesh, and it can even be demonic. Why we must test every man's word, line it up against the truth of God's word. Luke tells us to be Bereans, who are more noble because they search the scriptures daily to see if Paul was teaching the truth. It says in Acts 17, 11, there were more noble men, those in, those, those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether or not these things are so. See, the Bereans were, test, were, were teachable. They received the word with readiness, but they also tested God's word. They searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so. Why must we be so diligent? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's many. Many. There's probably more false prophets than there are true prophets. Not some or a few, but many. Matthew 24, 11 says, And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. For there shall rise false Christs and false prophets. They shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they will deceive even the elect, all claiming to represent God while they do it. Nobody likes to be misrepresented. We call it libel, and the Lord hates it. God hates it. All the world from the days of Jesus until now, people who claim to speak for God, many people who claim to speak for God are misrepresenting him. They're not empowered by the Holy Spirit, but by the human spirit or demonic spirits. Why we must test everything against the word of God. I don't care if you meet somebody who said, I've, I've had a guy that in Santa Cruz who had been a pastor for 40 years, came to our church and got saved at our church. 
Amen to that. But the point was, he was, he was pastoring a church. And a lot of pastors I meet, I'm like, tell me what's going on in your church. Oh, we got some new tables for the cafe, and we did this, and we did that. And I'm like, when was the last time somebody got saved? Oh, we really don't do that. You know, it's kind of, how, how, how long do you, I want to teach for like 10 minutes. You know, people, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bore people. Well, if, the, if, if you're boring, it's, you're boring. The Bible's not boring. <laughs> Amen. Our youth group exploded in San Jose, and this guy showed up from a local group, and he handed me this thing, and he said, it's a sin to bore children. I said, it's a sin not to teach them the truth. How about that? Amen? What you want them with is what you want them to. Behind all the teaching, there's a spirit at work, and it's either the spirit of the enemy or the spirit of the Lord or the spirit of man. So number one was test the spirits. Number two, listen to what they say about Jesus. What do they say about Jesus. How do we know the difference when the Holy Spirit is speaking or a false prophet is speaking? Look what he says here. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now, addressing the Gnostics, they taught that he didn't come in the flesh. They taught that he came only in the Spirit. But we know the Word of God makes it clear that that's not true. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. If one who is teaching is of God or is the enemy of God. In John's day, again, the Gnostics were teaching that Jesus being God could not have actually been in the flesh because the flesh is evil. Because God could have no partnership with an impure flesh. Their teaching was based on the false doctrine and human wisdom was in direct contradiction with the word of God. You ready? Here's some verses that tell you it's in the contradiction of the word of God. It says in Philippians 2, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. John 1.14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and mercy. Hebrews 2.16, for he took on, for he took not on him the nature of angels, but the seed of Abraham. It's very clear that Jesus came in human flesh. People will preach the contrary. The Jehovah's Witness who comes to the door will preach that. They preach that Jesus didn't die on a cross, that he died on a stake, that he wasn't the sacrifice. They reject Jesus completely in his deity, and their focus is only on the Father. If you reject Jesus, you've rejected the Father. Can't have one without the other. Amen? False teachers deny Jesus' humanity. You know, the gospel is that Jesus is fully God and he's fully man. So some challenges deity, some challenges humanity. They're both true. It says every spirit that confesses, the word confesses there is homo legeo. It's to agree with, to assent, to confess. It's the same word found in John 1.19. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Without confession, there can be no salvation. And the false teachers were denying his humanity. Still those today, again, including Jehovah's Witnesses who think Jesus was a phantom. He walks through doors in scripture. He's almighty God. He can do that in the flesh. Amen. Because right after he walked through the door, who did he talk to? Hey, Thomas, come here. Feel that. Come touch me. Amen. How can you read that text and not keep reading to find out that he wasn't just a spirit, but he was in flesh? By the way, when we get to heaven, the only scars in heaven are going to be the scars on Jesus's body. Amen. Greater context, false teachers are those who present a false Jesus 
And true prophecy and true teaching will present the true Jesus. So how big a deal is it to present a false or substitute Jesus, to believe some or even most of what the Bible teaches about Jesus? Verse 3. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of? Antichrist. Now, Antichrist can be the opposite of Christ or in place of Christ. And the Antichrist that comes in the end is going to be kind of be both. He's going to dupe people to thinking he's the Messiah. It's going to happen during the Great Tribulation. Uh, some of you are mid-trib and post-trib. You'll be thankful that I'm right and you won't be here. Can I get him into that? I don't believe that God is going to pour out wrath on his kids. Amen? When you read Revelation, we're almost there. Who's excited for Revelation? Okay, it's coming. We're getting there. When we get to Revelation, we're going to see that the church is only in chapter 2 and 3. Then John is called up. The word harpazo, where we get the word rapture from, ratura. We get, he gets snatched up. You don't see the church mentioned again from chapter 4 to the end when we come back with Jesus. And guess what? That's why we're not going to be here for it. But they're going to be caught up by the Antichrist because he's going to come and he's going to fix the, a mess. And I think the mess is going to happen with the tribute. Look at COVID and imagine if we, if we had... Meteors fall from the sky that weigh 400 pounds and you took all the Christians away. Do you think there might be some mayhem? And I believe that the Antichrist is going to come to solve something. It may be the food shortage. Who knows? And when he does, they're going to all line up under him. There's going to be a false prophet. I've already offended you. I think it might be the Pope. But there's going to be a false prophet who brings all the world's religions together. By the way, if you're still here after the rapture, you better gotten saved during the rapture or you're not saved. Can I get him into that? But here's what happens. So they're going to they're get duped. And then three and a half years, he's going to proclaim himself to be God. The abomination of desolation. He's going to go and slaughter a pig in, you know, at the temple, right? And you know the temple, it's all cleared. They've got all the property ready. I think it starts being built after we're gone. It could start being built before we're gone. But every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of anti-Christ. Now, there are some that are in... Are, contrary to him, and some are in place of him. To reject Jesus in total or in part is no minor offense. Well, you know, I like this about Jesus. I like this part. But I don't really like that part. So I'm going to take this part of Jesus and leave that part alone. Same thing with the Word of God. I like when the Word of God talks about this, but I don't like when the Word of God condemns my sin. So I'm going to take this part of the Bible, heaven, heaven, I like that. Sin, sin, I'm not, not so much. We don't pick and choose in Word, God, word of God, Amen. I had a lady in Santa Cruz who would come up to me after service and say, you keep talking about sin. You stop it. You need to just preach love, love, love all the time. I said, love preaches sin. <laughs> Amen? It preaches the whole counsel of God. See, until we recognize we're sinners, we'll never see our need for a Savior. Amen? We need to hear it. There's a whole truth. It's a reflection of one who's not only in rebellion when they have my, any kind of offense with the Lord, but one who is of the spirit of Antichrist, one who poses the true Jesus and offers a false substitute. Colts make man more and Jesus less. You know what? His name is a name above all names. And it's a name that should always be spoken with reverence and awe. And you know what? His name is the biggest curse word used on the planet. And why is that? Because his name is so powerful. It's the name that, you know, they take his name in vain, they curse his name, they mock his name. There's a day coming when they're going to stand before him. And they're going to be, receive the, the jut and the look. We want to see those people saved. Amen? But salvation is based more on your good works. It's, and it, again, it's the cross of Calvary. 
Some in plain terms, those who view Jesus. Here's some things people say about Jesus. When I was in Santa Cruz especially, here's what I would hear all the time. And this is not enough. He's a good teacher. Is Jesus a good teacher? What's the answer? Best teacher ever. Amen. Love to sit in his class when I open my Bible. Can I get an amen to that? But isn't he far more than a good teacher? Good teacher isn't enough. Uh, a good example. Oh, he's a great example for us to follow. I try to follow the example of Jesus. Really, you're going to die on the cross for everybody else? Ready to do that? Amen. You ready to go out and just preach and share with people that, well, no, I just, I, I like this. No, I, I, there's an, uh, yeah, exactly. Amen. <laughs> Some say he's a prophet. Is he a prophet? What's the answer? He's a good example. He's the, a prophet. But he's not a prophet. He's the prophet. Amen. And he's more than a prophet. He is the savior of the world. He's almighty God. Some say he's an angelic being. He's not that at all. When I was in Santa Cruz, they go, well, Jesus had the, the best aura of all the gurus. <laughs> Shutty town. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> what are you talking about? Gurus? Stop it. I'm just going to chant my way into heaven. No, you need to repent. Amen? We must be born again. He's a path or a way to heaven. No, he's the path and the only way to heaven. Amen? See, we don't want a kind of Jesus, a dialed down Jesus, a watered down Jesus. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, almighty God, the Alpha and the Omega. Amen? Amen. I had a, a lady sitting next to me in San Jose, and she would take Jesus' name in vain. I'm not exaggerating. 300 times a day. She'd be doing her paperwork. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm like, your prayer life's picking up over there, because obviously you're not going <laughs> to... Obviously, you're not going to be cursing his name. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, don't worry about me. Worry about the one you're cursing right now. You're going to stand before him one day. Amen? Guys, we should stand up for the name of Jesus. Amen? When someone portrays his name the wrong way, let's step up and be unashamed and say, when they say, Jesus, well, what do you know about him? Amen? Who is he to you? Why are you taking his name in vain? My dad said he knew a guy that printed up these cards that just said, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, and then mentioned something about hellfire. And here's someone take their name in vain, God's name in vain at the grocery store. He go, hey, that's for you. There you go. And then he would just see, oh, yeah, that, that's for you. And my dad said to him, you ever been punched? He said, just once. I'm not sure that's the best way, but I like it. it challenges people. Anything short of the true Jesus revealed in Scripture is a substitute false savior. Amen? Such a position is ignorant, ignoring all the historic... Historically, it's proof. What's the date today? September what? September 18th. What year? 2022 since what? Since the birth of our Savior. Amen? Anno Domini means in the year of our Lord. Which Lord are they talking about? That's Jesus. Amen? B.C. means what? Oh, so we date everything on him. A man who never traveled more than 50 miles away from where he was born, who never held a position of any kind from the world's perspective, was never elected to any position, and here he is. Everything we do is dated based on when he came because he's the one that changes everything. He's the creator of the world, and he and he alone should be magnified, glorified, and lifted up, and there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved. Amen? Amen? Praise his name. It's arrogant thinking we know better than God. There's no one more stupid than someone who thinks they know more than God. Again, the devil doesn't care if you know Jesus. He doesn't care if you love Jesus. He doesn't care if you pray to Jesus as long as it's the false Jesus, a make-believe Jesus, 
A Jesus who is not there and therefore cannot save. Well, there are several ways to test the spirits, fulfill predictions. As a true prophet, it's 100% accurate. People will prophesy things. There was just a guy the other day who on, on the thing prophesied that this guy would be healed. And it's, he put it on everything and then the guy died. You know what that makes him? False prophet. How many times you got to be wrong to be a false prophet? The prophet will, it says in Deuteronomy, but the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or they shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thy heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath spoken when the prophet speaks in the name of the Lord? If the thing does not come to pass, that is the thing which God has not spoken, but the prophet has spoken presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. When someone says you're a prophet, we inspect their lives. Beware of false prophets, says in Matthew 7, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do, their, do they gather grapes or thorns, figs or thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. If I say that I love Jesus, but my life is a total disaster, there's no fruit, there's no evidence. Guys, our God is a God who transforms life. It doesn't mean we'll be sinless, but we should sin less. Amen? And it does, well, there should be a transformation. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, and now you're alive in Christ. The ultimate test remains, who do they say that Jesus is? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. If a person's life is characterized by anger, hostility, impatience, a lack of self-control, it doesn't sound as if the Spirit of God is working in that person's life. Amen? Just because they use the name of Jesus could be a different Jesus. It says in 2 Corinthians, for if they've come preaching another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if they receive another spirit which we have not received, or another gospel which we might have not accepted, he said, you will bear with them. He was exhorting them that you're listening to false prophets. It says in Galatians, but though we are an angel from heaven preaching another gospel unto you, then what we have preached, let him be accursed. If he, if, if he or an angel preaches a gospel to you, let him be accursed. Joseph Smith said an angel came to him and gave him another gospel, and millions are following that because I haven't read Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. Amen? We need to open the Bible and read it. It says again there, and this spirit is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. The Antichrist is coming. One who will take the place of Christ and claim to be the Messiah but the spirit of Antichrist is already here. The agnostics. Gnostic means knowledge. Ag in front of anything. anything put awe in front of anything. So a theist believes in God. An atheist doesn't believe in God. A Gnostic believes he has knowledge. An agnostic says, I have no knowledge. Which is always hilarious to me when someone tells me they're an agnostic and they're kind of proud of it. I'm an agnostic. I'm like, you know that means ignoramus, right? It, <laughs> it's literally, a, you look it up. I'm not making that up. I, have, I don't know anything. I'm an idiot, and I'm an ignoramus, but I'm proud of that. You know what I mean? And so, and again, we just love on them, share Jesus with them, but it's amazing how often people are very, very proud of being ignorant. We must trust, test the spirits by examining all we are taught in light of what's revealed, the unchanging truth of God's word, and those whose message contradict the word of God or portrays a false Jesus in any way that are demonic in origin. Point number three, 
by looking at how they relate to the world. We might not finish. You are of God, little children. We have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Amen, amen, and amen. And if you, have a, if you haven't underlined that in your Bible, fix that. Amen? Now, we quote that often, but notice the context. False teachers will come. People will come and preach another Jesus. And then he says, but you are of, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, these false teachers and this false doctrine, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So we can understand the truth of Scripture because of whose we are, because we're born again. Theme of the next few verses is the word of God. You are of God. You're born again believers. We are children of God. We're adopted into his family. And because we have, we have overcome them. The word to overcome means to conquer. It's in perfect tense. It's done in the past, but continues being done. We've overcome the false teaching of the world. We've overcome the lies of the enemy. We've overcome all of that. That's why I love that Saturday night called Overcomers. That's good. It's a great name for that, because we have. The victory, for the, uh, the victory over these spirits is not just something we've experienced once a long time ago, but it's something that continues on in the presence. Who will we overcome the false prophets and the false teachers and the false spirits? As born-again believers, we need never be deceived. If we get deceived, it's because we've stopped reading our Bible. We're not in fellowship. We're not taking things to the Lord. As believers, we need never be deceived because he was in me. It's greater than he that is in the world. It's God, the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The Bible, when he tells us he'll never leave us nor forsake us because his Holy Spirit is in us. He never leaves you ever. Now that's wonderful news. And when you're really blowing it, sometimes you're like, oh, wish he wasn't here right now. Amen. But the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And that's why greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, because the Holy Spirit is in us. Guys, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, the Spirit went from being here to being here. It's a down payment on heaven. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to heaven. If you have the Holy Spirit, he'll comfort you, but he'll also convict you. And praise God for both. Amen? He's comforted me so much this last year, and I'm so thankful. But he also convicts me when I sin, and I'm so thankful. Those who the Lord loves, he disciplines, amen? This means a Christian has nothing to fear. We have many spiritual enemies. The one that lives in us is greater. You know what? The more I'm heavenly focused, the less I fear anything this planet wants to dish out. Amen? amen? It's all going away. Who cares? It's all going to burn. It doesn't matter. Let's, the only thing we're taking to heaven with us is people. So we want to see people saved. And if it means giving up something so you can reach people for the kingdom of God, let's be about it, amen? amen? Satan is a prince of this world. We were once dead in our sins, but we are now new creations in Christ. We've triumphed over sin and death. An enemy can tempt us, but he has no power over us. We never again walk in fear. The battle's been won. I've read the end of the book, God Wins, we're on his team, amen? amen. Christians cannot be demon-possessed, by the way. I'm, I'm dealing with possession. No, you're not. Holy Spirit is not sharing his house with the devil. Can I get an amen to that? Now, there can be temptation and there can be senses of oppression, but the devil can't do it. God won the victory. The battle's been won. Verse 5, they are, not, they are of the world, therefore they speak to us as the world and the world hears them. These false teachers and false prophets are evident that because they speak as of the world. They say the same things the world does. You can go to a, 
meeting and they'll say the same things the world says. The influence of the world is evident in their speech. As Jesus said, out of the abundance of their heart, the mouth speaks. We know what's in your heart by what comes out of your mouth. Words don't, words don't you know, oh, that, that slipped out. They don't slip out. They pour out from your heart. Amen? So you can't go on a cussing rave and, oh, that just slipped out. No, that's where your heart is right now. Time to repent. Can I get amen to that? Those who are of the world are also evident because the world hears them. They'll face none of the rejection the child of God will face from the world because they're friends with the world. If the world loves you, you're not on fire enough for the Lord. Amen? If you make a stand for God, the world is not going to like you. They're going to want to shut you up. They're going to make it non-essential to have church. Amen? I've already told you this repeatedly. I might go to jail by myself. I don't care if the black plague comes tomorrow and they say they're shutting down church. We're going to have church. I don't care what happens. We're having church. And we might, we might end up with a prison ministry, but that's okay. Amen? And pastors ridicule me that we stayed open. Well, man, you don't care about your people. I care about their eternity. Can I get amen to that? True disciples aren't of the world, Jesus said. I've given them my word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. That's John 17, 4. The world doesn't mind listening to false prophets. A lot of people love, well, I'm already in trouble. A lot of people love listening to Joel Osteen. Oh, I love listening to him. I have coworkers. Oh, I love him. What do you think of him? I think he's a false prophet. He, he holds up a Bible, then he just talks about how it's all about you. And, you know, and you're just amazing. And we just, oh, yeah, well, yeah, you have your best life now. My best life's in heaven. I don't want it now. Can I get an amen to that? But the point is people will listen to people who tell them, you're just so amazing. You're just the most amazing people of ever. God doesn't, he just wants to just love all over. He just wants to pour, he wants to just give you Cadillacs. What, what else do you want? He just wants to pour that on you. We need to be careful because you know what? That is a man-centered gospel about me getting what I want. Guys, we don't, shouldn't want what we want. We should want what God wants. Not about our will, but his will. John's main purpose in this letter is to deal with Gnostics, those who claim to have higher knowledge. He was of God, hears God's word, therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. That's what he says there in the last, he says there again, you hear the world and the world hears them. The world loves what they have to say. Look at verse six, let's finish. We are of God, he who knows God hears us. He who does not know God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now when they are proclaiming the truth of God's word, the people who hear it are the ones that are of God. The people that reject it, reject it do not know the Lord. Guys, as Christians, we should prepare our hearts to hear from the Lord. Amen? Sometimes we might feel certain people are kind of boring. Sometimes the problem isn't with them, it's with us. Churches, people will leave churches that I know are teaching the word. I'm just not getting fed there. They're just not feeding me. You know what? You're just not listening sometimes. Amen? There are some churches that aren't teaching the word, and it probably is good to go. But sometimes we want to always blame it on somebody else. I think teachers' responsibility to work hard in making the messages uh, the best they can is a calling that we cannot ignore. By the way, I was gone. We had six different guys teach here, and praise God that he has gifted us with a lot of guys who can teach the Bible. Amen? But we need to follow that example. Again, God, if, I, if it, you're bored today, that's my fault. Because God's word's not boring, amen? God's word rocks. 
One of the words we say here over and over in Revelation, Revelation 2, 7, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. See, those who hear us are of us. Those who reject what the Word of God says are not of us. And it says, finally, I know we're going a few minutes over. It says, hereby know we are the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. We know the difference between the truth and error. We know error when we hear it, and we know the truth when we hear it. Those who are not of God do not hear us, but this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. False prophets teach a different Jesus than the one in Scripture, a false Jesus, a substitute Jesus, one who meets their desires, one who cannot save. Those who are in the world won't listen to God's word. They can't understand it and won't give, the, give it the authority it deserves. Real, we need as believers to love God's word, because when we read God's word, we get to know God better. When we get to know God better, we love him more. Amen? So how do you fall more in love with Jesus? You spend more time in his word. You spend more time in prayer. You spend more time worshiping him. Amen? So in closing, defense against being deceived. Test the spirits. Check every message against the word of God. Listen to what they say about Jesus. If they make him less, any less than the king of kings, lord of lords, almighty God, all-powerful, the creator of the universe... They're not of the Lord. Look at how they relate to the world. Does the world love them? Does the world praise them? Does the world want to stand with them? And then finally, how they respond to God's word. Do they hear it and obey it? Or do they try to ignore it or change it? We don't need to change the word of God. God's word is true. Let God be true in every man a liar. Amen? Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. You are indeed a great and an awesome God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth. Help us, Lord to be like the Bereans who study to show ourselves approved. Workmen need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. They search out every day. It says that in 1 Timothy, teaching what pastors should do, but it should be true of all of us. May we know what the word says so we're not blown off course by the world. Lord, I pray for everyone who's here this morning. If anybody here doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and the word of God has convicted you that you need to surrender your life to him, the Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father in heaven. I'm not asking you to join a church. And maybe you've gone to church for a long time, but you've never surrendered your life to the Lord. You've never made that public proclamation. I want to give you a chance to do that right now. I'll pray a simple prayer with you, but it's really not about the prayer as much as it is your heart. Are you ready to surrender your life to the Lord? If that's your heart, just raise your hand right where you are. Anybody at all. Don't leave here without the Lord. He loves you so much, he'd rather die than live without you. Anybody at all. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. You are indeed a great and an awesome God. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said. Amen.